Appreciate you guys as always. Another great episode of The Great Crew, Chaos Theory, doing their thing as always. I mean, what better lead in? Those guys are all over the map and they give you a little bit of everything. I know Wags is all excited about MLB baseball and I'll break some of that down. But welcome to another edition of Hanging with Harge. That's right. I'm your boy Harbaugh Harge representing the 254. But now I represent the 512. Want to give a um, uh, shout out to BK and Bucky. Had a great show this morning. And of course, Wags and Rodney Rodriguez leading into this. Also, make sure you're sticking around. There's so much that is going on on this channel. What better week than to deal with the Texas OU hate week coming up here in about 15 minutes? I got my man Kobe Daniels of the Blitz in Tulsa, Oklahoma, is going to give us the tech, the Oklahoma side of things. I know he's got a lot of information, so we got to make sure that we get all that. But also make sure you follow, subscribe, hit us up. If you want a super chat, go ahead and hit us in the super chat. We can do all of that right here at Texas Sports Unfiltered. On Twitter, it is at TS Unfiltered. And on Instagram, it is at Texas Sports Unfiltered. Want to give a special shout out to all the new guests, the people that I met in the bleachers. I will be in Dallas this weekend hanging out. We got big shows happening in Dallas as well. What up, Sal? What up, CB? Thank y'all for jumping in right away. And as always, make sure you tell five friends to tell five friends and then go tell five enemies. So as many people as you can spread the word about Texas Sports Unfiltered, make sure you do that. We got a big week. We got a big week of uh, college football, but most importantly, it is the Red River Shootout. And I can't wait to break all this down. This is an exciting time. Uh, everybody's, I'm watching everybody's social media. They're going nuts. They're putting all kinds of information out there, telling all these jokes, uh, these OU jokes. And I know Oklahoma fans are fired up as well. So I'm going to get a lot of information out to you guys this week. Might have a very, very, very special guest tomorrow. And when I say very and that many varies, you make sure you want to tune in. I don't want to say for sure, cause I got to confirm it all, but, uh, This will probably be one of my best interviews that I've ever had for a very, very long time. So uh, stay tuned for that. I'll have some information for you. We're going to talk MLB. Obviously, you know me, baseball guy. I'm ready for these playoffs. This is the best time of year, as I've been talking about. And we get to start off with the Rangers. I got my E-Train on there, the Express, uh, AAA home of the Texas Rangers. So I want to go out there and support those guys. And as I said before, you always want both Texas teams in this uh, pennant chase because it just makes it that much more intense. You got uh, my man Ike, who's a huge uh, uh, Astros fan. You got BK, my boy Tyson, who's a huge Rangers fan. So we want to make sure that we get everybody involved. And and this is the time. Pennant chase is what it's all about. But before we get into all that, I want to bring up something from last night. Last night's NFL football game was a snoozer. I know Danny Dimes is a guy that you want to make sure you get changed from because he has regressed so much, and people were really saying that he was better than Dak. And I'm like, wait, what? Uh, The team as a whole have zero weapons whenever Saquon Barkley isn't out there. Uh, He's turned into a turnover machine. Every time you look on the TV, he's either fumbling the football or he's throwing it to the other team. And their O-line is awful. 
Uh, I can't put it all on Danny Dimes, but the look on his face every single week is a look of terror. My man looks like he is scared. And think about this. I'm a big fan of Geno Smith and what he's been able to do with his career. He was patient. He made the time. He did everything that he needed to do. He he bet on himself. And they like he says, they wrote me off. I didn't write back. And he's continuing to make that Seattle Seahawks football team better on the offensive side. But I think the biggest thing from last night, yes, Witherspoon had a great game and got his first NFL interception, first pick six, and it was on Monday Night Football. He was so excited about that. But I think the biggest story last night was one Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner was an absolute menace out there yesterday. Uh, The Seattle Seahawks defense obviously did an unbelievable job. They had 11 sacks, 14 quarterback hits, 10 tackles for loss, two interceptions, and, of course, that one return for a touchdown. But Bobby Wagner looks like he's rejuvenated being back home with the Seattle Seahawks. Think about this. My man had 17 tackles yesterday. 17. Nine solo, two sacks. And they won the game 24 to 3, and it was not a good game at all. It was away from them. So it was just like, what is going on? I don't know what the Giants are going to do with Dayball. Um, I thought he was a good coach. He still may be a good coach. Maybe he's just dealing with the fact that Saquon's not there. And remember, folks, don't forget, everybody was always talking about how the running back position is not important. Oh, it's not a big piece of it. We're not going to pay anybody for that. Well, let me just tell you, from what I've seen, from what I've seen, you definitely need a guy like Saquon Barkley. And if you've been watching across the NFL and you're seeing these big-name guys making plays, and we talked about it yesterday when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys need to get their running game going But do they have a back that can help them get that running game going? I don't know. I don't know if Tony Pollard is that guy. I don't know if he's going to be that guy. But it is important to have a quality running back. And you see right now, as the New York Giants do not have Saquon Barkley, their offense is awful. Darren Waller, where are you at, bro? I, I tried to pick you up on my team. I got you as my tight end, and you have given me zero, partner. So I don't know how I feel about what's going on with the New York Giants and who they are trying to become. What up, Slayer Kang? What's cracking? Uh, But, yeah, man, this is one of those situations where you continue to look at this team and you're like, who are you? You were a playoff team last last year, and you don't look like you're going to sniff the playoffs if you're a Giants fan. Uh, next week, it gets even worse. They're playing the pissed-off Miami Dolphins. And you think that they're not going to come out there and try to run it up? Oh, yeah. Seattle has a bye this week, so they're going to get rested and be ready to play the Bengals here in two weeks. But as of right now, I don't know what we are to make of the, um, the New York Giants. This is a team that is in disarray. You saw Debo throw the ball uh, – computer yesterday like what are we doing what did you see it's one it's a mess it is an absolute mess in new york and it's not much better for jets fans either so it's just that city up there i don't know what's going to happen but they got to turn it around they got to turn it around fast as a dallas cowboy fan i don't want them to turn it around i want them to be a mess because we already got to deal with philadelphia we already got to commanders look like they're a lot better 
and the Giants just look like they are off the hook. So I, I, I want them all to play terribly. Um, but you know somebody that won't play terribly? It's the great folks at Covert BK. That's right. Nestled in 42 acres in the beautiful hill country, Covert BKs has three state-of-the-art dealerships that are carrying seven brands. That's right, seven brands. They have Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. In addition to those seven brands, you can take that short drive out to Huddle and get a Ford from Covert Huddle. Also, if you're looking for a Ford or a Lincoln, you can stay in Austin, and you can get it right there off of 183. Covert Bee Caves has something for everyone. Covert Bee Cave services all makes and models. I just gave you all brands of those cars. They have 86 service bays that will make your wait time minimal. Uh, please visit covertbcave.com for the latest in inventory, specials, or just stop by and see them for yourself. That is covertbcave.com. You know, we're going to get into this Texas Longhorn matchup with Oklahoma. And <clears throat> look, I understand that it is hate week. I understand that last year Texas beat the snot out of them 49 to nothing. Let's put the roles reversed a little bit. If this happened to the Texas Longhorns last year, what would be your inclination and your thought of what the Texas Longhorns would be ready to do? Yeah, they'd be pissed off. So what makes you think that that team across the river is not going to come into the game pissed off and ready to go? You know that they're in, in, in the back of their minds. They have been talking about it. It's almost like what I said last week with Kansas. That Kansas was going to be pissed off because Texas ran the ball on them for 427 yards. Now, they only gave up 336. <laughs> I said 336 on the ground. They only gave up 336 on the ground. But the one thing is they played inspired until they couldn't anymore. And the Texas Longhorns went out there and they handled their business. So for me, I would take the same approach. I would be prepared to play. Oklahoma is playing a lot better football, and I know everybody's going to talk about, well, who did they play? Who did they play? Look, folks, we can't have it both ways. Because if people would have said that about us on some of the teams that we're playing now, Texas, the teams that Texas is playing, they have a better record. They have great records. I believe all of them are 4-1, and one, if I'm not mistaken, in playing really high-quality football. And we've had that before. But you also have to play who is ever in front of you. And if Oklahoma would have struggled in all those situations, people would have been talking trash about that as well. So they've gone out there and they've handled their business. They put up great numbers. And Coach Sark was asked about um, the OU versus this year's team, this year's OU versus last year's. And I told you, he believed in Coach Venables to get everything turned up and get the right people in. They got some transfers that have moved in. Because remember the first year, Venables didn't want to take the transfers. Well, now he went and got some transfers, and they're making some plays for him. But this is a totally different football team than what we saw last year. So don't go in there with the same expectations. I expect a dogfight. I think it's going to be a great football game. And as I told you at the beginning of the week, I still believe Texas wins this game. And I think that Texas talent for talent, is better than almost any team in the country. But they're a totally different football team. And Sark was asked about it yesterday. 
we're going to get their best version, right? Um, you know, Dylan is a fantastic player. He's, been, he's a great player at UCF. He's a great player now, obviously, for OU. So um, we know we're going to get the best version of him. Um, we know with the influx that they have on defense, their, their defense is playing at a really high level right now. And uh, I'm sure, I'm sure you know, that they're talking about last year's game, too. So we're going to get uh, an emotional team coming into the Cotton Bowl that we're going to have to compete against. And so, um, you know, we, we just have to recognize that. And then we have to play good football at the end of the day. You know, it's, emotion's great, and it only runs for so long. But, but if you rely on just emotion to try to match emotion, sooner or later you can exhaust yourself, and it's going to come down to execution. So we just got to make sure we're dialed in. Got to be dialed in, got to execute, got to be ready to play. And those are all the things that these guys are trying to focus on this week. Everybody, this, I told you after the win against Oklahoma, I mean, the win against Alabama, I thought that the next week was going to be the hardest week of coaching for Coach Sark. I said the staff, this was going to be the hardest week because everybody was fired up. Everybody was telling them how great they were. They were all in this special, special place. But you still had to stay focused. You still had to be able to dial in and be locked into the situation that was at hand and not get into a trap game. Now, this week, Sark doesn't really have to say much. He's going to be dialed into what's going on. He is he the players understand what it's all about. And it is very, very important for the focus to lead into this game and not get caught up in the emotion of the football game because Oklahoma's pissed off. You know that coming into it. They're going to be ready to fight in the fairground, in the parking lot, anywhere that you see them. They're going to be ready to fight. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. But right now, I want to bring on my good friend from the Blitz 1160 in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He is one of the ones that I always go to when it's time to talk about this game and Oklahoma State. Anytime we have an Oklahoma team that is involved, I want to welcome my man, Kobe Daniels, right now. Kobe, what's up, brother? Mike, my man, happy Red River Rivalry Week. This is where we at, man. You know it's that time. This is where all the... Fighting has been starting, all the emails, the memes, the hate mail, everything is going on. People getting blocked from each other this week. This is what it's all about. First and foremost, how are you doing, my man? I'm great. I love this week. I think it is the biggest spectacle in college football. This year especially feels like maybe we are somewhat returning to the glory days of this rivalry and just, you know, what the ceiling is, I guess, for both of these teams. So I am doing really well. Um, you mentioned the state of Oklahoma. I gave out a not fun fact, I guess, for Oklahoma and Oklahoma State fans this week. So Oklahoma State plays Kansas State on Friday night, and then the Sooners obviously take on the Longhorns Saturday. Those two teams 
were outscored by their this week's opponents 97 to 0 last year, Mike. Oh my god. Kansas goodness. State beat the Cowboys 48 to 0 and obviously as we saw in the Cotton Bowl, uh Texas beat Oklahoma 49 to 0. So, uh, I guess in the state of Oklahoma, it's redemption week for both of the Big 12 schools. <laughs> that is hilarious. I had that, that is a great fun fact, especially because on Friday night K-State will take on Oklahoma State. And again, it goes back to what I was saying just a little while ago. People are pissed in the state of Oklahoma. They are they are ready to get back to this game. I know that the players for Oklahoma are fired up. I, obviously, the Texas Longhorns faithful is fired up. But I want to bring it straight to the top. And I want to talk about um, Venables and what he's been able to do on the defensive side of the ball. We knew that 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 those numbers were not going to be the same this year coming in again. You knew he was going to get that turned around, but what are you accredited to right now? When you look at Brett Venables and what his defense is able to do right now, I just think he is so intense and he is so genuine that him being more involved in the defense this year, now that he was able to somewhat lay the foundation in year number one just results in a massive amount of buy-in from the roster in general. You have so many moving parts a year ago, so much roster turnover, uh, so much chaos, I think, just in the locker room with the way the coaching change happened. And, you know, it's not like we're talking about a, a group on the defensive side of the football before Brent got there that was just, you know, year in, year out, one of the premier defenses in the Big 12. I mean, they had had their struggles for a decent period of time. So he was inheriting a group that I think uh, was going to have to be reloaded and and coached up. And year one, I think he was so set on laying the right foundation for the football team in general that him being a defensive guy, you know, that didn't come into play as much. I think that's very much a factor. I think he's been much more involved. The defensive guys seem to buy in and, and really gravitate toward his personality. If you spend any time around him at all, I mean, it's it's very infectious and it's very intense. And look, I don't know to what degree that Oklahoma defense is better this year. Like maybe it's it's going to end up they're going to be a top 10 defense in college football. Maybe it's a top 25 defense in college football. But I think the one thing that is very safe to say is they are in insanely better than they were at this point a year ago. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, you guys were pretty much the laughing stock at Oklahoma because of the defense and his mindset of being a defensive minded coach and the numbers that were being put up against Oklahoma was was not that great. And then you start looking at some of the defensive players that you have. Billy Bowman, Bowman has done such a better job this year. He seems to be in a better place and better space. He's athletic as hell. He always has been. But he didn't look like he had everything figured out. Now he looks a little bit more comfortable in the position. Uh, you got some great linebackers, whether it's uh, Jaron Kinnick or Danny Stutzman. What what are you seeing from those guys that is kind of leading to this new change on defense? I think they are just playing with a confidence, Mike, that we haven't seen in a long, long time. And because of that, the one thing that I think stands out to me more than any other element of the defense is how fast they are on all three levels. Like they fly around the football, and I think that's because – they're not thinking too much. It's not overly complicated. They've simplified things in a way where these guys are confident about what they're about to do, and they're able to just go play fast. And they fly around the football field, and they're playing at a speed that we've not seen in a long, long time. Danny Sutzman especially 
I think has been as good a defensive player as there has been in college football for the first month of the year. Now, where, you know, Oklahoma at some point, if they're going to take that next step defensively, I think they're going to have to get a bunch of Danny Stutzman type of players, right? A bunch of those wow type of guys. But the one thing about this team that, that, you know, you look back to a year ago, they have so many more able bodies to contribute than they did this time a year ago. There's not a bunch of All-American caliber players maybe on that defense, but there are able bodies that can go in, be part of the rotation, and and Brent Venables doesn't feel like he's necessarily in a situation where you're taking a giant step back if you have to count on some rotational pieces. Yeah, and that's the other part of it too that I was thinking about. You know, some of those guys that are are on this team now were there last year, so you know it's it's driving them nuts right now waiting for this game they're salivating because they got embarrassed last year and you know texas on the other side they want to embarrass them again so the messaging is going to be be disciplined stay in your gap responsibilities and play to the whistle and continue to get after it uh one of the biggest things for me on the offensive side let's flip over to the offensive side of the ball we're talking to kobe daniels from 1170, the Blitz in Tulsa, Oklahoma. The offensive side of the ball, obviously last year, I think y'all had a tight end starting at quarterback. You didn't have Dylan Gabriel. He was trying everything to go. He was out on the field before the game last year, but then they ended up not letting him go. He had to sit there and watch it and watch his team not score any points. But he's come back. He's healthy. He's ready to go. And what I don't think a lot of people truly understand about Dylan Gabriel is his competitiveness. He's not one of those guys that's just going to sit there and take it or or be overmatched. He's going to make plays with his feet. He's going to be able to get outside of the pocket, extend plays, kind of what I'm seeing from Quinn Ewers as well. But no he's a tough, tough-ass quarterback. What are, you th- what are you taking from Dylan so far this season? Well, I think you nailed it with the mobility. I think he and Quinn are very much alike in terms of not guys that you would necessarily be shaking in your boots over <laughs> as far as their running ability, but they're sneaky, uh, productive, right? Both of those guys, I think if you if you quit paying attention to them, can hurt you with their legs. But yeah, Dylan Gabriel is the ultimate competitor. He's got that sort of competitive drive that is is not going to allow him to uh, to just let his maybe physical shortcomings at times uh, prevent him from accomplishing the goal. You know, you go back to the the days at UCF and, and uh, you know, what a tremendous quarterback he was at that level. And I think a lot of people felt like stepping up in level of competition may be a big thing for him. And I don't know that a year ago it was as much that as it was. There wasn't confidence, I think, in this offense overall right. and the pass catchers. And, you know, you look at, at the guys that he was throwing to a year ago, and that, that was a big conversation this entire offseason. Like, who's going to catch the football this year, especially with Marvin Mims moving to the next level? And the crazy thing about this offense so far is there are infinitely more weapons offensively in the past game than we thought there were going to be this offseason. So I think he's playing with a lot of confidence. He seems so much more decisive with the football this year than he did a year ago. Where I, I think, you know, we all saw his accuracy displayed at UCF. And I think there were a lot of questions within the Sooner fan base last year about where'd the accuracy go? What happened to the guy that was completing a high percentage of his passes? He, he just didn't seem to be in rhythm. And I think a lot of that was maybe just not having full trust in who he was throwing the ball to. 
that's that that's not the case so far this year. He he knows where he's going with the football. There's zero hesitation, which means that you know passes aren't like a step behind the receiver, and sometimes those get batted up and intercepted, and you know how all that goes. Yep. I think he's just playing in such a good rhythm right now that uh, you know it doesn't leave any time for him to to doubt what's happening down the football field. Now, you know, I think there there are some interesting elements to to this offense and and what's going to happen on Saturday. They've not been able to run the football in the traditional sense um, successfully or what, what anybody at Oklahoma would say successfully is to this point in the season. So I think Dylan Gabriel is going to have to make some plays with his legs in this game if the offense is going to be successful. And, you know, we've seen two times this year, the SMU game and the Cincinnati game, not only is the run game not working, but the defense is getting pressure. And Dylan is just like every other quarterback in college football. If you're able to pressure him, he's not nearly as clean throwing the football, right? All of a sudden, that pressure uh, for a guy that's that's uh, not the tallest guy in the world also, um, you know, that that plays a major role in him being able to get the ball out on time and and find his, his uh, targets down the field. So I think the Oklahoma, especially the interior of the line, is going to have to be really good in this game when when they drop Dylan back. But again, I think he's probably going to have to make some plays with his legs if they're not able to generate anything in the run game like they have to this point. We're talking to Kobe Daniels of the um, Blitz in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He's a great follow. Make sure you give him a shout as well. Kobe, I wanted to ask you this, man. You sit there and you're looking at this game, and obviously you just talked about some of the pass catchers. Was Brennan Thompson coming off of an injury or was it he just wasn't yeah. into the lineup yet? Yeah, coming off an injury. Um, obviously, you guys are very familiar with the speed, which we finally saw that on display last week. I don't know ultimately how he's going to fit into the game plan this week. I mean, I would imagine just given the tie, they would want to in some way insert him in there and give him an opportunity. But this is a very deep receiving core right now. And I think we're having conversations about a number of guys that probably deserve more snaps and have made the most of the opportunities they've had to this point. I think it's pretty clear that Andrew Anthony has been their best uh, wide receiver to this point on the outside. Drake Stoops obviously is, is such a tremendous producer from that slot receiver position. But yeah, I think there's a number of opportunities for uh, guys to, to get opportunities, make the most of opportunities. You know, Jaden Gibson was a big time recruit. Um, a year ago and you know he's been uh, limited I think in terms of the opportunities he's had to this point but when he's been out there and and Dylan has thrown him the football he's made some wow plays Nick Anderson has caught five touchdowns on 10 catches so far (laughs) this year so when he's had opportunities he's made the most but yeah I think Brennan is a guy that you know the speed is always uh, an equalizer and and I I would imagine they're going to find ways to get his speed involved in this football game if if nothing else mike i mean get him on the football field just to make texas be aware of of you know the fact that he can take the top off the defense no doubt about it i do want to ask you this you know being on the other side of the river and looking here in austin when you get a chance to look at this texas longhorn football team you see it from top to bottom they're deep they're they're physical the speed that these guys have been playing with and then obviously Jonathan Brooks on offense, Quinn yours, the speed on the outside with the wide receivers. When you're watching the Texas Longhorns, what do you see? Well, I think uh, clearly in, in this conference, they own the line of scrimmage, right? There's not a better offensive or defensive line 
in the Big 12. And, and look, you can maybe say that in all of college football. I mean, they, they on the line of scrimmage are as good as anyone. And that's where games are won ultimately, right? I think we get so caught up in the fantasy football players, the, the running backs and the receivers and the guy that guys that actually score the touchdowns more often than not, uh, especially in this game, right? We've seen it so many times. The team that wins the line of scrimmage is going to win this game. And I think you have to give Texas a massive advantage in that area going into this contest. So I, I love what they've done on the line of scrimmage. And it feels like they're just they're, they're playing a different brand of football because of what they're able to do on the line of scrimmage. Um, I, I thought it was interesting that, that uh, the Kansas game is the first time they've hit 40 points this season. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm, uh, I think Sark, this, this might be a hot take. I don't know how you guys feel down there, if you guys even have this conversation or not. I feel like Sark is maybe the best play designer in all of college football. I think his play designs are absolutely brilliant. I don't know that I think he's the greatest play caller in college football, though. The way that he kind of sequences his plays to me sometimes, I feel like doesn't allow Texas to get into a rhythm, sometimes doesn't necessarily capitalize on what the defense is showing. So sometimes it feels like it's... uh, a little bit jagged offensively because I don't, I just don't feel like he stacks them the right way, but um, you know, that maybe that's the result of, of why they, they haven't just, you know, blown the top off the scoreboard yet uh, this season, but they have so much firepower. Um, I, Jatavion Sanders is one of my favorite players in the country. Yep. I mean, that guy is a matchup problem. And if he's out there, you know, he's going to make life easier for everyone. Um, I, I, you know, one of the big things that, that stood out to me the last couple of weeks is Jonathan Brooks and the way he's running. I feel like Mike in the last two or three weeks, he's kind of had that light bulb moment where it's like the game is just all of a sudden hit, like come to a screeching halt and you can see that he's, he's running with patience and vision. And he just looks like a completely different running back than, than we had seen, I think, uh, before two or three weeks ago. And, and it just, it seems like, he just knows where the offensive line is going to be, you know, where the holes are going to be. And I, ju- I just like the way he's running right now. Uh, so he, I think, is going to be a massive part of their success. And then defensively, you know, it, it's it's that defensive front that I think is is uh, ultimately going to get Texas to the finish line, not only in this game Saturday, but but potentially in this Big 12 conference. I mean, they are so good and so deep on that defensive front. I mean, every every school in the country, SEC schools included, should be jealous of what Texas is trotting out there on the defensive line. Yeah, they've been doing a really good job up front. And I had Derek Johnson on last week, and he said that being a linebacker and Jalen Ford is playing at an elite level again this year. Uh, he said, when you got those big guys up front like that, it makes your job a lot easier. And then you start thinking about some of the l- younger players that Texas has that are making an impact, that are getting these opportunities. Um, you and I have been to this game multiple times. We've we've heard those crowds and and been in the middle of all of it. What do you think this atmosphere being what you said at the very beginning? We're back to that level. Last time we're facing each other in the Cotton Bowl as Big 12 opponents, obviously next year being the SEC. Um, what are your thoughts about the atmosphere for those that have may have never gone, but just watched it on TV? Well, I think, uh, you know, I, I, the first Red River game I went to was mid two thousands when, you know, these were like top five, top 10 teams in the country. And, you know, there was that decade stretch where 
I think collectively OU and Texas played for six of like 10 national championships, right? I mean, this game essentially felt like a national championship eliminator. Um, and, And during that stretch, I mean, they were both recruiting at such a high clip. I mean, look at the rosters during that time period and both were just loaded with NFL caliber guys all the way up and down offense and defense. And and at that point in time, you go to the fairgrounds and there's so much venom, right? Because everybody's (laughs) so invested because you feel like a national championship is on the line and you see people spitting on each other and fights breaking out. And like that, that was, that was my first memories of being on the fairgrounds and, and experiencing that atmosphere. And then you get to that stretch where, you know, Mac has left and Texas has dipped and, it just didn't feel as hostile, right? I mean, there was just a long period of time there where even though you know the game is going to be great and it's going to be fun because it's a rivalry game, Oklahoma had just been in such a different place than Texas had been for a long period of time that you just didn't feel like there was as much animosity between the two fan bases. And now we're kind of getting to that point where we're closing out this Big 12 chapter. Next year, it's the SEC. Both of these teams to this point in the season have have shown a really high ceiling first time since 2011 that both teams go into this game undefeated like I kind of feel like maybe we get a little bit of that venom back in in the two fan bases and and what that atmosphere is like which I think creates uh, obviously one of the biggest spectacles in all of of college football so I think it's going to be really fun I think both fan bases are going to be really into this one and this this potentially is going to be not only a great game but the hype leading up to it I mean this Mm -hmm. is as good as any Red River game we've had in, in over a decade. And that's the exciting part about it. You got college game day is going to be there. Greg Sankey's coming in. Your marks not. What the heck is going on with that? This is what it's all about. And this is the time, too, and I'm glad you brought it up. This is what it should feel like, especially at this time. Yes, we're going to be going together. We're going to be moving on as a group. But the hatred is always going to be there. We don't like each other, but it is going to be so much fun, and I cannot wait to get up there this weekend and be a part of all that zaniness. Yeah, man. I, I mean, you you step on the fairgrounds and start smelling the food, and you start to hear you know people trash talking, and and uh, you hear somebody yell boomer and somebody yell hook them, and uh, you know I, I say this all the time, but my favorite part of this game is when the teams take the field, right? And yep that place is packed and everybody's lubed up, right. And had some beverages <laughs> in the morning and one team, you know, exits the tunnel to booze and they cross the 50 yard line and those booze turn into a massive roar and then vice versa. And that's just, I mean, it's the, it's the scene setter, right? It just gives you the vibe that, that, uh, you know, both, both fan bases are there and they're ready to be loud and they're ready to boo and they're ready to do whatever it takes. And, and those two football teams are about to, you know, quote unquote, go to war uh, for, you know, what is, again, such an important football game. But in a year like this, a game that feels like it has a lot more meaning than just bragging rights for the next calendar year. No doubt about it. Before I let you go, what's your prediction as of Tuesday, October the 3rd? So last year was the first time I had picked Texas to beat Oklahoma since 2009, I believe. Yep. So I had picked I Oklahoma I every year you. since then. And and look, I think Oklahoma on paper has had the better team every year uh, yeah. since, uh, until last year. Uh, so I picked Texas a year ago. And obviously without Dylan Gabriel, that kind of felt like it was a, a no-brainer. Um, it was going to be a big win. I don't know if anybody thought they would get shut out. But 
Uh, yeah, without Dylan, I think everybody assumed that that, that, that was going to be a big Texas win. I think that Oklahoma is going to have some success in the pass game. I think they're probably going to hit some chunk plays. But ultimately, I think Texas' ability to run the football and Texas' ability to, to uh, disrupt Oklahoma's offense, especially on the interior, is is going to be too much to overcome. So uh, I can't in good conscience pick, uh, pick Oklahoma to take down this Texas team with what they have on the line of scrimmage. So I will pick the Longhorns in this matchup, but I just hope more than anything we get, you know, another classic Red River game that in the fourth quarter, you know, everybody's on the edge of their seat and, and maybe we get some craziness. That's that's awesome because I've been saying it all week. I said this will be a different Oklahoma team than what we saw last year, strictly because of Dylan Gabriel. Uh, I know a lot of people really don't see him as that guy. I've watched him ever since he was at UCF. Him and Jeff Levy seem to be on the same page right now, regardless of the opponents that they have played. But I'm with you. I think Texas just has a little bit too much. And uh, they're, they're, they're talented from top to bottom. And I think that they understand what the goals are at the end of this season. So hopefully I'm with you. I hope we get that great matchup that we've been looking for. But I'm with you. I think Texas pulls away. Man, I can't thank you enough for jumping on with me. Make sure you go follow at Kobe underscore Daniels. And he's of the Blitz 1170 in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'll talk to you soon, buddy, and I'll probably see you on the fairground. Yeah, man. See you this weekend and uh, enjoy the rest of the week. You too, my friend. Later. There he is, my man, Kobe Daniels. He's a good one. Y'all make sure you follow him. Go support him. He got, he's got a lot of information, and he always brings it. I forgot to ask him about the Texas Rangers this weekend. Uh, dang it, because we'll get into that conversation. But a lot of knowledge right there. If you hadn't got a chance to listen, it'll be podcast a little bit later. And you can go back and listen to it. A lot of information about this team on the Oklahoma side. But I'm with him. I, I, I still believe that Texas just has way too much for them, uh, way too much for Oklahoma. It'll be a different game. I guarantee you that. But this is a Texas team that seems to have the eye on the prize. But if you have your eye on something, make sure you have it on audiovisual consultations. It's the best. This is the best time for the sports. We got Major League Baseball, college football, NFL football, basketball season is about to start. Don't wait any longer. Go to abconsultations.com right now or give them a call 512-255-8678 and let Tom McKay and his crew set you up, get you the home entertainment center of your dreams. They can get you the man cave or the woman cave, whichever one you want. AV consultations will get you taken care of. Even if you want to get some lighting or some security cameras, Tom will take care of that for you as well. Go to avconsultations.com or give them a call, 512-255-8678, and get the home theater set up of your dreams. Tom's been doing this since 1988. And if you're going to be at a sports bar today, I guarantee you he's probably set that up as well. That's AV Consultations, Audiovisual Consultations, 512-255-8678. Yeah, there's so much to get into, and we're going to be doing it all week. As I said before, this Texas-Oklahoma matchup is going to be one of the best that we've had in a very, very long time. And I know Texas fans, you're feeling real good about yourself, and you rightfully so. You look at this roster, the talent is there. But always remember, when you're going into these types of games, it don't matter what the records are. We've said it every, week, every year. You can throw the records out. You can throw them out because that's what they do. 
But in this situation, I think we're in for a barn burner of a game. I think Texas pulls away, but I also believe that this is going to be one of those games that we're going to be talking about for a long time. I think there's so many talented players on that Texas side that are going to get opportunities to make plays. I know that our defense has been opportunistic, forcing turnovers, getting off the field. The biggest conversation that is going to happen for both of these teams is third down. You got to get both of them off the field because they have uh, a lot of of conversion rates or well, the conversion rates are pretty low for the offense and the defense. Both defenses get you off the field. And so Texas and Oklahoma are definitely going to have to make sure that they work on some things. So I want to make sure that you guys understand that going into it. I know coach Sark had, had it during his conference yesterday when he met the, uh, the media and they were talking about it. There are so many things that are going to be, having to deal with the hype of the game. Everybody knows it. We're hyped up about it. We've been talking about it. Fans are talking trash. As I said, people, I've seen people blocking each other this week. But Sark had to talk to his team about how to deal with this type of hype around this game. We talked to Kobe about it. These two teams, they're, they're playing to get back to Jerry World in Arlington for a Big 12 championship. Everybody wants to get into the college football playoffs. First time both teams have been undefeated in 5-0 since uh, 2011. This is an exciting time around here, and this is what Sark had to say. To your point, I mean, obviously the Alabama week with the, you know, the potential distractions that come with a week like this. And I, I think, you know, one thing we keep preaching to our players is starve your distractions, feed your focus, right? And if we, we focus on the task at hand, uh, and that's one day at a time. Focus on today. And what are we trying to do today? Be present today. Be present on purpose. Um, that That's the formula for us to be successful. For other teams, that may be different. But the team that we have, that's our formula for success. And so uh, how do I gauge that? Do I feel like they're present today, right? Do I really feel like they're dialed into what we're doing today? Uh, and then we'll take care of tomorrow, tomorrow. But for us to be successful Saturday... We need to be really good today on Monday. And then tomorrow, we need to be good again tomorrow. One day at a time in our system and our approach is the best way of going about it. We were able to do that in preparation for the Alabama game. Uh, and I think that that's going to be of the utmost importance this week as well. With all the stuff going on around this game, we need to be really present with what we're doing. And no doubt about it, lock in. It's the most important week. We always talked about it uh, a couple years ago when Coach Tom Herman was here and we were going 1-0, 1-0, 1-0. That's right, 1-0. This right here is the most important game because it's the next game on the schedule. Don't make it too hype. Don't get too excited about it. Stay locked in. Stay locked in on your assignment. Stay locked in on your work. Make sure you get yourself that extra film study that you may not have gotten last week. But dial into what this game means. This is the last time in the Big 12 playing each other. You're going to play each other again. You're going to be able to go at each other. That's fine. But to me, locking in and dialing in is important because this, as they said, the crowd is going to be the crap. It's going to be loud. You're going to think you make a play, you're going to get a boo or it's going to be a cheer. It's going to be the same. So no matter what is going on in your mind, 
it is going to be a loud, loud sound. But two players that uh, we all needed to worry about because we talked about the secondary. We know that they have some explosive players on the other side and they got some speed. And Texas has been susceptible to um, the deep ball early in the season thus far. But then you also have to worry about JT Sanders. I'm, I was glad to hear Kobe say how important he thought JT Sanders and how he was one of his favorite players because he is a mismatch nightmare. And I truly believe that the reason why Sark didn't put him back in on uh, Saturday was because he knew that Gunnar Helm and Texas was going to be able to control the game uh, against Kansas because he had already had that feeling the way the game was going. And you want to make sure that he's here for this game. He is a match-up nightmare. He is a matchup nightmare. And I've been saying, if you get him involved in the game early, he shows out. And this is another opportunity now to play in front of his home crowd and be turned up like no other. But Ryan Watts from Little Elm and uh, JT Sanders from Dallas-Fort Worth area. Denton Ryan, I believe it is. I'm not sure. I think it is. But anyway, they want to be ready to play. But Sark gave us a little update on their availability as of right now. Playing really well together. Um, you know, Coach Venables, he, he's been doing it too long at too high of a level. AT and Ryan are both day-to-day right now. Um, you know, it's going to take a minute for them to, to rehab and, and see if they'll be able to go. Um, I'll probably have a better answer for you on Thursday. Yeah, so we won't know anything till Thursday, and I, I'm, he may not even tell us until Saturday, knowing Sark and uh, the cat-and-mouse game that they want to play with. Uh, Oklahoma and the Oklahoma fans. But I sit here today, and I believe that the reason why he didn't go back in the game, because I saw him walking around on the sideline. He looked like he wanted to get back in there. He didn't have like that one walking around with a towel over his head. Like he didn't think he was going to be able to play. But I believe that he is going to be locked in and ready to go by uh, Saturday at 11 a.m. I know he probably is telling them, you're not keeping me out of this game. And again, he talked about Kobe talked about Brennan Thompson just being out there. I think the same thing with JT Sanders. Having him out there is going to put a threat on the other team, regardless of the situation. And we talked about early, talked about the defense of Oklahoma. The numbers have changed, and you can say it's because of the teams that they're playing. But I know for a fact that this team was going to get better. They made some changes. And Sark even talked about OU's defense this year compared to last year and what it looks like right now. Playing really well together. Um, you know, Coach Venables, he, he'd been doing it too long at too high of a level to think they weren't going to, you know, get that thing fixed. I said it last year that they would. And so uh, naturally they have. I think they're just playing well together. You know, a lot of guys on the on the same accord. Uh, the front tied together with the backers, tied together with the secondary. The multiplicity of what they do is very challenging. They've got a lot of defense. They got a lot of coverages. They got a lot of pressure packages. So, um, you know, it's it's definitely challenging on that front, especially when when they're all on the same accord um, and and working well together. So, um, like I said, we we've got a, we've got our work cut out for us offensively this week in preparation for the ball game. I agree. The work is got to be done, and they're going to be prepared to play. We got too, the Texas has way too much talent on. On the field at all times on the offensive side, regardless of the matchups. I know they're going to be dialed in and ready to go, but 
Texas has weapons on top of weapons, and the running game is a valuable part of the success for this team this year. I know we were talking about Sark and, you know, stretching the field, stretching the field, but if teams aren't going to give that to you and they're going to have weak uh, defensive fronts, run the ball, and you see the success. Now, you do have your quick game. You're still trying to get the tight end involved. You have the slot receivers that are making big numbers. Shout out to Jonathan Brooks, uh, Offensive Player of the Week in the Big 12. Shout out to A.D. Mitchell, uh, Newcomer of the Week with his big numbers. But those are new guys that are, are having success. Jonathan Brooks is somebody that's been running hard all year. He's always been good to me, and I'm glad other people are starting to take notice. But that's nothing new. That's nothing new. Now you're getting recognized for it. So I can't wait to see what they're going to come up with on Saturday. Everybody's going into this game, and if they go out there, both teams come in there healthy. They know what's at stake, and it's exciting time right now. You know what else you need to do? You need to get in touch with the folks over at the Great Blue Heron Furniture. That's right. It's a custom leather furniture um, excuse me, company that was started in 1991. And they focus on heavy leathers, hides, and fabrics ranging from traditional Western to modern farmhouses. And this stuff looks outstanding. It is the highest quality furniture that you will be able to find. You will not find a more stylish, more comfortable, and more well-built furniture anywhere out there. And if you look at the link below, right there on the YouTube page, you will be able to click on it and it will take you straight to our own. Texas Sports Unfiltered Collection. And if you use the promo code HOOKEM, you'll get 15% off of your purchase. If you're looking for furniture that looks amazing and is built to last forever, look no further than Great Blue Heron Furniture. You can click for more information or you can call them at 866-247-9688. That's 866-247-9688. also want to talk about this right now because we're going to get into this baseball segment and these two guys both of these guys are huge huge baseball fans i'm talking about my folks over at four roofs go to the number four roofs tx.com for all your roofing needs whether it's residential or commercial all you have to do is give these folks a chance you know we had that big hailstorm. i heard rodney talking about it a little while ago about how all these people are knocking on their door rodney just tell them You've already got somebody, and that's Four Roofs TX. This is a locally owned company that understands your needs. They have over 15 years of experience. They have affordable pricing and a quick response time. They are thorough and very, very trustworthy. I use them in my neighborhood. My neighbors have used them as well. You should too. Uh, They also provide a a project manager that is on site to make sure you get everything that you were supposed to and make sure that everything goes smooth. Reach out today at 512-520-5884 or the number 4roofstx.com. I also want to tell you about my friends over at Pest Wranglers. Go to pestwranglers.com for all your pest control needs. Pest Wrangler 2 is also a locally owned small family business that's been around since 2006. And its basic principle of great customer service leads to happy customers. That's why they won't make you sign a contract because they know that if they keep you happy, you're not going anywhere. They got five-star ratings on Google, Yelp, Angie's List, and all referral sites. All you have to do is hit them up at 512-670-7808 or go to Pest 
wranglers.com. They will get rid of mosquitoes, termites, rodent control. They will give you inspections on your commercial and your residential property. They also do pools. My cousin sent me a picture of his pool. He's in Florida, but his pool looks terrible. So they can get that cleaned up for you. Go to pestwranglers.com or once again, give them a call. 512-670-7808. Well, of course, you know what time it is. It is time for Major League Baseball and the playoffs as this starts today. And I am excited about all of that. The Texas Rangers are going to be on the field today taking on the Tampa Bay Rays. It's the first time that the Rangers have been in a postseason since 2016. Uh, The Rangers will send Jordan Montgomery to the mound against Tyler Glass now. He had Tommy John a couple seasons ago, and now he's back. He was 10-7 with a uh, regular season with a 3-5-3 ERA, and he had 162 Ks. That is Glass now. But here's the deal. He's 2-5 in the playoffs. He's 2-5 in the playoffs, and he's 4-3 in his last seven games. Jordan Montgomery is 2-1 with a 3 Three, four, six ERA, and I think he's going to be able to keep them off balance. And I saw this little stat from my man Jared Sandler just a little while ago. He's the voice of the Texas Rangers, and he put this stat out. Let me find it real quick. He put this stat out that Tyler Glass now, in his last four starts, he he has a six point two ERA, but in his three career starts against the rain against the Rangers he's 0.46 ERA the Texas offense is something to uh pay attention to because they put up big time numbers the Rays are a good team they have 230 home runs they're led by Yandy Diaz um he's got 176 hits but the Rays themselves they got a good pitching staff they've been tough all year but the Rangers put it on folks Now think about this. When you think about who they were, and I gave you this stat the other day, the Rangers won 90 games last year, or excuse me, this year. They've blown 33 saves. So these two bullpens are going to have to, I guess, X each other out, so to speak. So we'll see what happens once they get to this bullpen. But I also want you to think about this as we talk about the playoffs and what's going on. In 2021, there were four teams that lost at least 100 games. The Diamondbacks and the Orioles, they lost 110. The Rangers lost 102, and the Pirates lost 101 games. The Orioles now have home field throughout the the playoffs. They had 101 wins this year. The Rangers are in the playoffs, as I told you, for the first time since 26. I mean, 2016, and they're back in because Chris Young wasn't afraid to spend some money and go make some major money moves. They had 90 wins, and the Diamondbacks are in the playoffs for the first time since 2017 with their youth movement, and now they have 84 wins. So that is something to pay attention to, and don't forget this for the Rangers. The Rangers are playing the Rays. Randy Rosarina loves the big moment. But what I see with the Rangers, with Adolis Garcia, with um, Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, these guys are going to be ready to play. And now we get to see how good they are in playoff baseball. 
Josh Young is one of the best young players in the game. He's getting he got healthy at the right time for the season. So I'm going to take the Rangers in this series. I know it's kind of crazy. People are probably like, wait, what? What are you thinking about, Harge? Yeah, I'm thinking about these Rangers. I think they got enough to win it. All the games are played away, though. Just remember that. And the Blue Jays and the Minnesota Twins, they play the next game. So the Rangers play at 2 o'clock. The 208 to be the first pitch, actually. The Toronto Blue Jays plays Minnesota at 330. The Rangers are on ABC. The Twins are going to be on ESPN. Arizona and Milwaukee at 6 o'clock will be on ESPN, too. In Miami and Philadelphia will be at 7 o'clock on ESPN. For me, the Twins, I'm going to take the Blue Jays. Barely. I'm taking the Blue Jays barely. But here's why. The story is the Minnesota Twins have a franchise record of an 18-game losing streak. Something's got to give, right? The Blue Jays are loaded offensively. They got Springer on their team. Astros fans remember him. He's part of those championships. They got Vladi Dottie, Vladimir Guerrero, Bo Bichette, Greg Biggio-Shun, Gavin. And they also have Texas Longhorn, Brandon Belt on that team. But Carlos Correa is trying to help these twins get over the hump. And I don't know if they're going to be um, able to do so, but a name to pay attention to, Max Kepler. He's the right fielder for the twins. Good young talent. Got a lot of sock in his bat. So pay attention to that. The Diamondbacks and the Brewers, I just told you about that. For me, I'm going to have to go with the Brewers. Uh, Corbin Burns is one of the – well, he's a hell of a pitcher. He's going to get the start today. But the Diamondbacks are saving their ace, Zach Gellin, for tomorrow for game two. So we'll have to see about that. They got a great young player named Corbin Carroll. He probably will be rookie of the year. He's he's a stud. And, of course, the Brewers have Yelich, Christian Yelich, who was an MVP. The Marlins and the Phillies, I think that this one is going to be the most exciting series out of them all. And strictly because the Philadelphia Phillies are one of those teams that if they get hot at the right time, and that's exactly what they've been doing, they have more juice and firepower. Philly fans are nuts about their baseball at this time. Zach Wheeler is one hell of a pitcher, too. He throws a lot of strikes, keeps the ball in the ballpark, and obviously those guys hit a lot of home runs in Philly. So I can't wait to see what they're going to do. The Marlins have Luis Ariza, who, who is their leadoff hitter. He was flirting with 400 most of the year. Jazz Chisholm is a baller in center field. And Jorge Solar, Astros fans, y'all remember him, hitting balls all up there like uh, Albert Pujols. You might want to pay attention to those series. So out of those series, I got the Blue Jays beating the Twins just because the the Twins can't ever win in the postseason. And then in a, I got the Brewers winning against the Diamondbacks, and I got the Phillies taking uh, that part from them, from the Marlins. Once again, I want to thank everybody for June, tuning in today. Uh, had a great time. If you missed the part of the show where I had my man Kobe Daniels on talking about Oklahoma, make sure you check it out on the podcast. It was a great interview. You got a lot of inter- information about their defense, where they are now. And Kobe even told you he believes that the Texas Longhorns are going to win this game, as I think a lot of people are. But I think it's going to be totally different than what we saw last year. Um, 
Matter of fact, I know it'll be totally different than what we saw last year. But as always, tune in tomorrow. We're going to have a great show. Pay attention to my social media. I'm almost close to my confirmation on who I'm going to have on the show. And I can't tell you how excited I am if this thing comes through. Because it's going to be one hell of a show. Don't believe everything you see, folks. Because even salt looks like sugar. Peace. Coming up next is the Midday with Trey and BK. And here's my man, BK.